0: That song that we just sang, you know, praise his name forevermore. Why? Why will you praise his name forevermore? Can anybody please venture an answer for me? Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Why is he worthy? Because he's, he's God. Because he's God. Because he did what? He hey. saved us. He saved us. How did he save <laughs> us? sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> <That's God. laughs> cross. He rose. Because his... he entered into the consequences of oh, our sin. Oh. He experienced you Now we we quickly say He experienced what we deserve Isn't that right? Isn't that not what the cross is all about? He took the consequences of our rebellion of mankind's rebellion is the wrath of God against a simple world Jesus took it all upon himself and he entered into that experience You know that is incomprehensible the horror of it all and we visited this, this story so many times and we need to continue to do it. We visit this story over and over again because we need to be resolute in our position that the only thing that makes me any different from anything that I ever was in this world is the fact that Jesus Christ came and died upon the cross and took my sin upon himself that I might experience his righteousness forevermore. That's what the song was singing, right? Isn't that right? Does anybody agree with me in this room? No. no. That's good. I'm glad. That's what we get excited about. I mean, this is great. This is a wonderful blessing it, this weekend. A wonderful blessing. You know, I was, uh, I was talking to Max as we were folding up the, the plastic out there and, and just said to him, isn't it... I, I, I often sit down, and I ask this question. I said, why? Why do I get to live now? In this country, in this time, why do I get to be so incredibly blessed? You know, in the physical sense, in the safest part of the world, in one of the best times in human history to be alive. Why? You know, that should humble us. It humble. I know it humbles me. You know, because I could have been born in the thirteenth century, couldn't I? Couldn't we? We could have been born in the 13th century when, in Europe when plague was ravaging you know, the world. The average lifespan was less than 30 years of age. The greater percent of children died at childbirth. And if they survived through childbirth, then another greater percent of that didn't live to be seven years old. You were lucky to get to be a teenager, young people, if you lived then. So we're so blessed, aren't we? But you know what? All of that, all of that pales by comparison to the fact that Jesus died for you. That Jesus saved you. Because guess what? Those guys living in the 13th century, when they were experiencing such a horrible life, knew the joy of salvation knew what it was to be a son or a daughter of God, who knew that when they left this mortal coil and they breathed their last upon this earth, no matter how tragic it was of going into eternal glory, into joy inexpressible, just like you and I will. The salvation of God has always been the same. The most important thing that will happen in anyone's life regardless of where they live, regardless of what their life is like. You know, Steve and I can argue until the end of the world how to cook bacon, like we did this weekend. And I won, of course. But, oh, someone was going to chime in. Who was that? (laughs) But we are saved sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's the most important thing, you know. And for that reason, today, we're going to go down to the beach and we are going to baptise four people. Saved, blood-washed sons and daughters of the Most High God. Are we excited about that? Yeah, we should be. And I, and I just love the diversity of the guys that are getting saved, getting baptised. You know, there's um, someone that has grown up in a Christian home. There is someone that did not grow up in a Christian home. There's someone that is older like myself, you know, who's been around for a long time, has been watching and listening, you know. Isn't it wonderful that Christ meets us, meets us where we're at, you know. And uh, when we meet him, we all meet him in exactly the same place. The solid ground of Calvary's Mount, where our Saviour was lifted up and died for us. How glorious is that? How glorious is that? Look, I wanted to share with you this morning from from Acts chapter 4 where the disciples, where Peter and John came to that gate beautiful and a, a a a man was healed. A crippled man was healed. After he was healed... Peter and John drew all the attention because of this great work had been wrought and the people were excited and uh, and people got up people got some people got excited and people some people got upset you know and Peter and John said those now famous words when they were told to not speak in the name of Christ again they were told simply not to do that and they said, you know, whether it is right in your eyes for us to speak in the name of Christ or not is not the important thing. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that we do and we say what God has told us to do and say. Isn't that right? Here we are at camp, you know, and it's such a, it's such a, a um, what do you call this world? You know, it's such a bubble, isn't it? You know? Our devotion yesterday morning was was precious, you know as Steve was sharing daniel Daniel brought us before the Word of God reminded us, as Steve said that you know that the Lord indeed is writing a story, he's writing a book, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a book, it's a living book. As he writes upon the tablet of our heart and speaks of the wonderful things that God has done and he transforms us and changes us and we all have a testimony that we can share with one another. And, and, you know, and this book is just ongoing, chapter after chapter, verse after verse is being written each and every single day. And we should not be ashamed to to speak it, should we? To read this book and to tell people about this book, you know, and it's wonderful. We should go out into the world and we should be willing to do it, just like Peter and John did, regardless of the consequences. Because you know what happened to them, don't you? They were thrown into prison. And uh, actually, it was the third time Peter opened his mouth. The first time Peter opened his mouth... 3,000 people got saved. The second time Peter opened his mouth, 4,000 people got saved. The third time Peter opens his mouth, one lame man gets healed. And the religious leaders of the world get upset. Peter and John get thrown into prison. The local people saw this great miracle that they couldn't deny it happened and so peter and john were let go from prison what was the very first thing they did do you know the story preached again yeah. no before they did that the very first thing they did was they went to their fellow believers they went to the believers and they gathered together and they prayed they prayed, and they, as the body of believers, they prayed. They'd been out in the world. They'd been, they, they had taken a few hits, and now they came back together and they prayed. They, they spent this precious time together, and from there they went, you're right, Max, then they went back and preached again. Now, that's what camp is like. We gather together, isn't it, you know? You know, and we encourage one another and, and, you know, and we gather around the word as we have and we gather around the slippery slide as we have and, and around the and all, all those wonderful things, you know, but it's together. And we're encouraging one another, we're fortifying one another because we all stand in that same place together. But you know what, tomorrow, where are you going to go? You're going to go back into the world, aren't you? Tomorrow you're going to go back out there and, and you're going to take a few more hits Because you're going to speak of what God has been doing in your life. Probably some of you will talk about this weekend. You know, you young guys, someone's going to ask you, What did you do on the weekend? What are you going to say? What are you going to tell them? Went to camp, and then you're going to tell them you went to camp, but forget to tell them that it was a Christian camp? You know, that you're with Christian believers? That you went to church? Let's be bold. Let's be really bold because God has, has wrought this wonderful salvation for us. I'll say it again. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Who of you, when you go into the world tomorrow and you're going to get asked what you did, who are you going to be to say, we watched four people get baptized? We saw four people commit the rest of their lives to following Christ. We saw four people full of joy who know what it is to, to find Christ. Who of us is going to tell people that tomorrow? Oh will wonderful I would hope we all would do it but at the same time I want to tell you we need one another we so desperately need one another and we need to get together all the time if the disciples recognized that need you know it's amazing you go back to that story and you read that story. Read it at your own leisure, Acts chapter 4. You go back to that story and you see that the, that the, um, the, the leaders of the world, you might say, the most powerful people of the world in that time was the religious leaders. They told, they told the disciples never to speak in the name of Christ again. Right? The leaders of this world told them that. So their reaction to that was to quiver and, and hide and sh- fear? No. Their quest, their response to the leaders of this world telling them not to speak was to, to, in a sense, was to bypass that and go to the leader of the heavens. Who are we going to listen to, you see? I love Nehemiah. You look at the story of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, who knows the story of Nehemiah? Anybody here? Some of us do. Of course we do. Nehemiah is going before King Artaxerxes. I'm going, to, I'm, going to try, I'm going to jump to the crunch. He, he's going before King Artaxerxes. King Artaxerxes was a Medo-Persian king who was a delicate flower. He only liked happiness and joy all around him all the time. He didn't like any sadness. The people that were in his court were the beautiful people, the most precious people, the best looking, the buff guys. There were no ugly people allowed into his presence because if they came into his presence and made his life a little bit sad, if they brought the sunshine down and the clouds in, guess what happened to them? heads are gone Nehemiah knows Nehemiah knows that in Jerusalem 1800 miles away from where he is that the people of God are in great danger and he wants to do something about it he wants to be a part of the the family of God you know and so he's been praying for four months Lord He's been, he's been praying, he's been tears, he's been, he's, been, he's been on his knees, he's been fasting, he's been, Lord, I need to go and help. But his job is cupbearer to that king. You know? And those kings didn't let their cupbearers go. They were in service for life, you might say. There's only one way, actually, there's two ways, really, that you might be dismissed from your job as a cupbearer before a Medo-Persian king. Do you know what they are? Number one was to die of old age. Number two was to come into his presence and bring him down. Two ways to get out of your job. you know. Nehemiah is standing before him. His heart is broken, bleeding for his people, and he can't stay joyful all the time. He can't do it. His heart is broken. He goes before the king and the king looks at him and says, Why are you so sad? There's nothing wrong with you, Nehemiah. Surely this is just sadness of heart. What's wrong, Nehemiah? And the Bible says in that moment that Nehemiah feared greatly. He feared greatly. Why? You know why. I've told you why. But here's the thing, i tell you this long story, because in that instant, in that moment, we are told that Nehemiah is asked this question from the king of this earth, and his immediate response is not to the king of the earth, but he fires up this arrow prayer, the Bible says before, the king of heaven, the king of heaven. Same thing, isn't it, as Peter and John? The world wants to shut them down, and so they go straight to their heavenly father. The world wants to shut you all down. The world wants you to leave this weekend and to go back to the life out there and carry on like nothing's happened here. Like no, nothing's happened at all. Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to listen to? Daniel told us yesterday morning that God is writing things in our lives. He's giving us a powerful testimony. I just want to encourage you. Go to God tonight. Go to God tomorrow morning before you go out into the workplace. Seek him for certainly, certainly for strength, certainly for wisdom, certainly for boldness. Seek him for it because you're going to go out into the world you're going to go out there and you are going to have an opportunity, I promise you, because nothing is wasted in the kingdom of God. You are going to have an opportunity this week to tell people how good God has been to you. Even this weekend. And that's all I want to say to you this morning. Would you be excited about that? Really? Am I the only one who feels a little bit like jumping up and down right now? even though every bone in my body is aching. God is good, isn't he? Yes. Amen. Let's take this story to the world, shall we? The story of this great saviour, this great and wonderful saviour, this glorious king, this lord of heaven and earth who, who cast the universe into existence. All for you. All for every single one of you. It's the only reason it's out there, you know. It's the only reason this creation exists so that you could be in it and he could have fellowship with you, the God of heaven and earth wants to know you and not only you but he wants to know everybody that you know so you've got to tell him, I've got to tell him we've got to tell him just how wonderful God is and when they try to shut you down what are you going to do? Yeah, but before you open your mouth, what are you going to do? Amen. Well said, Jim. All right. All right. Let's pray. And before we pray, when we've prayed, I want to, I've got a couple of announcements I've got to make. So don't let me walk away because I'm easily distracted. All right? Okay. Father in heaven, we thank you. Glorious God, we thank you. Wonderful saviour, we thank you. Precious deliverer, we thank you. Sovereign Lord, we thank you. Jesus, heavenly father. Father in heaven, we just praise you for the great work of the cross. Father in heaven, we just want to glorify you with our lives. Father in heaven, we want, to, we want that boldness. We want that freedom to be able to declare this wonderful, wonderful truth and this glorious life that you've given us. I pray for my brothers and sisters gathered in this room today. You would ignite our hearts and prepare us, Lord, Prepare us, Lord, for this world that's out there by strengthening us together as a unified body. Thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to go down the beach. Are you done, Steve? Yeah, we're going to go down the beach. It's now 11 o'clock. So God bless you. So when should we meet down the beach in, what, 20 minutes? As I went down in the river to pray, study. But we are saved sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's the most important thing. You know? And for that reason, today, we're going to go down to the beach and we are going to baptize four people. Saved, blood-washed sons and daughters of the Most High God. Are we excited about that? And I, and I just love the diversity of the guys that are getting Baptized. There's um, someone that has grown up in a Christian home. There is someone that did not grow up in a Christian home. There's someone that is older like myself, you know, who's been around for a long time, has been watching and listening, you know. Isn't it wonderful that Christ meets us where we're at, you know? When we meet him, we all meet him in exactly the same place. The solid ground of Calvary's Mount, where our Saviour was lifted up and died for us. How glorious is that? How glorious is that? Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the robe and crown Good Lord, show me the way